The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So in introducing generosity as part of the meditation today, uh, I'm beginning the series of talks on these mornings on the ten paramis. The Pali word is parami, in Sanskrit it's paramitas. And and these are uh, really rich and beautiful and important qualities of heart that develop as uh, we practice. And um, uh, I've been using, we've been using them for the last 15 years or so uh, as the reference point for offering spiritual care in a training we have here on a Buddhist, uh, Buddhist chaplaincy training. So we train people to be hospitals and hospice and prison chaplains. And we use this as part of the framework for looking at the compassion and liberation that goes into Buddhist spiritual care. In fact, uh, the ten things, ten qualities that are the paramis, often called in English the perfections, or that which is ultimate, is um, uh, is that what makes them paramis is that they're intimately connected to the human capacity for compassion and the human capacity for liberation, uh, liberating the heart. And, um, and so generosity is the first one. And um, many people in the world are generous. It's a wonderful thing to be. Uh, and when generosity uh, comes out of or supports or uh, is part of the path of greater compassion and greater liberation, then it is a parami. Uh, so there's ordinary generosity, which, and there's generosity that is infused or informed by compassion and liberation. And that's what the ten paramis are. And so the ten are uh, generosity, um, ethical behavior, renunciation, wisdom, uh, energy or engagement, and uh, patience, and... Um, truth, truthfulness, uh, resolve, loving-kindness, and equanimity. So, uh, so I'll, over the next two weeks, each day, each morning, I'll take one of those ten. Now, what's nice about this also and uh, is that these ten are a different description of the path of practice. That they kind of, uh, it's a way of understanding how practice can involve, doesn't have to involve, evolve, involves uh, sequentially, kind of one gets stronger, then the next gets stronger, the next gets stronger. So by the time we get to the last one, equanimity, there's no possibility of thinking about equanimity being some kind of cold indifference, because it's really uh, built on this foundation of all the other nine paramis, which are these strengths that we develop and then you feel that equanimity is a strength that's built on uh, wisdom and uh, determination and truthfulness and loving kindness and the others. And um, so it begins with generosity. And in many ways, uh, the Buddha taught, the path of practice can be seen to begin with generosity 
or um, generosity is a wonderful uh, foundational practice for Buddhism. And one of the reasons why generosity is so uh, rich and valuable is that generosity, if that's the beginning of the path to practice, uh, it puts our practice in the context of our interpersonal lives, our lives with other people and even other living beings. Uh, Rather than if we start with meditation, uh, it's very easy to get the message that the foundation, the beginning, is ourselves. Which is nothing wrong to begin there, but it can lead to being a little bit uh, sometimes askew with uh, emphasizing excessive individualism or certain kind of conceit about myself and my own experience. But to begin with generosity, it clearly begins with um, uh, the formation or the or the um, yeah, f- formation or the foundation of healthy interpersonal relationships. And to have our practice built on that and our relationship with the world is, I think, a wonderful lesson and wonderful uh, uh, reference point for doing the more individualistic work of, mind, of meditation itself. The other thing that's nice about generosity, really emphasized at the beginning, as I said, it's really connected to compassion and liberation. And especially with compassion, uh, there's not a few people who tend to uh, relate to compassion with a sense of obligation. It's kind of a duty to be compassionate and that we're supposed to be and we have to be. And and some people really uh, are really central to their understanding of how to be a human being and a good human being is a sense of obligation, living up to the obligation what we're supposed to do. And it can be almost frightening, disturbing, upsetting to uh, to remove that sense of obligation from the orientation in which they live their lives. So maybe this has a little bit to do with how we understand the word obligation or duty, responsibility. But uh, uh, when, we st- when we start with generosity, generosity is always voluntary. You can't be generous if it's not a voluntary act. You can give with attachment, you can give reluctantly, but to be generous, it's a voluntary act of openness of of uh, of abundance of letting go of granting and uh and it can't be obligatory and so it comes out of some wellspring inside of health of goodness of openness of connectedness that uh sometimes is discovered as we sit and meditate and stay in the present moment and let go of all the the attachments, all the crusts of um, resistance and defensiveness and greed and fear that we have. And it just begins to shed and relax. And this natural feeling of wanting to care for someone, uh, be generous to someone, uh, in this ordinary, simple way, uh, begins to become stronger and stronger. To emphasize generosity in the beginning is to really point back to that possibility and that uh, that place of of goodness that we have, and um, and it's a uh, and it's very important to appreciate that it's not an obligation. So we have to feel our way or make space for, or take the time for, or do the the. Um, it's almost like if you like obligation, we have an obligation to find how to be generous without obligation. 
And so then spiritual care, caring for others in all kinds of different ways, uh, with compassion, uh, comes from this feeling of, I don't know if abundance is the right word, from this freedom. Uh, it's our freedom that's expressed in generosity and, uh, and not our contractedness and our heaviness and weight of responsibility. And so part of the practice then of generosity is, to, is in fact to stretch ourselves maybe as a practice to be generous, but not to stretch ourselves with duty, but stretch ourselves with, uh, can we find this freedom? Can we find the liberation of heart that allows generosity to flow as a kind of a kind of a natural quality, kind of a, something we're inspired to do um, that flows almost like uh, out of ease and out of goodness and out of, um, you know, it's a simple thing, so, an obvious thing. Of course, I want to be generous. And so to explore that edge and look at the places where we don't want to be generous, where we hold back, we're afraid to be generous, and um, or we're just simply too preoccupied with our own concerns to be generous, and see what does it mean to start living with greater generosity? And what is it like to open more and more? And one of the ways that it's like, um, surprisingly, this wonderful kind of way in which we uh, sometimes feels like we receive more than we give, the more we're generous, the more life can be experienced as a gift the more we're actually available for the gifts that life has to give. It's symbolic for me with the idea that if we hold something in our hand and to make it hold it tight in a fist, uh, that's one way of living. But in order to give what we have in our hand to someone else, we have to open our hand up so they can have it. But once our hand is open, the hand is available for other things to happen. It's available for the gifts of life. If we stay fisted, there's no, we don't really have a sense of the, we're not really available for what life has to give. And life is always supporting us and here in a way. And so, um, so generosity as the foundation of this journey of the paramis. And I hope that as we go through these um, ten, uh, 10 part series that you might kind of participate by uh, spending the day, each day uh, focusing a little bit on these qualities. So for today or the next 24 hours where you, wherever you are um, to, um, to make generosity kind of a theme. You might want to write it down, carry it with you or um, you know just somewhere so you're reminded by it and just kind of explore and stretch and talk to your friends about generosity and maybe do some simple uh, reading about it in books or on the web. Just kind of little ideas and kind of live with it and feel your way into it and review and reflect on your own relationship to generosity. And each day to do that with these different qualities um, and maybe you'll start getting a sense of the momentum of how they build one on top of the other. And, uh, and, and hopefully this building of something that um, is non-obligatory, that arises from some feeling of generosity, of, um, of liberation, of freedom, of being non-attached, non-clinging, 
and our compassionate, caring connections, connectivity to the world around us. That our gift that we receive from our world is in fact the love and the care that we can also give to the world. It's all mixed together, generosity and receiving in a rich way. So um, I look forward to these days on the paramis and um, and I'll fill you in more about what they're about as we go along here. So thank you very much for today. <laughs>